Hey everybody, this is Brett with the Indie Comics Dispatch and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy. This is broadcast from the Dispatch. Hey everybody. What's hey. going on? What's going on everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to another Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's been a Wednesday for me too. Like I'm ready for this week to be over with. Yeah, this has been the I don't know, the largest hump for you know, Wednesday's home day. It's just been so weird. It's been uh -huh. it, it seems like it was moving fast, but moving slow. Yeah. Like I thought it was later in the day than what it was earlier. <laughs> me too. I just looked at the clock and I'm like, it's still nine o'clock. Like, what the the hell is going on, man? <laughs> I tried to put my kids to bed at like 5.45, and they're like, no, Dad, no. <laughs> it's not time yet. Yes, it is. It's time. Yes, it it's is. one of those days. <laughs> Go to sleep. I'm looking forward to Friday because it's the end of the week, but also yes. because we have a big announcement dropping Friday for the Indie Comics. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, yeah. I'm you're you're sure. aware of what it is, but not very many people out there know what we're dropping on Friday. No, they don't. No, they don't. Y'all will find out. I know you'll be yep. seeing Britt and I sharing things, and we just had that new post that went out today. Yeah. Today, hey, let's, let's play dope. that again. Let's play yeah. that again for everybody. Let's play that again so everybody can it's see it. It's weird. I, I sent this to Tier last night. I was like, is this too weird? It's perfect weird. It's gonna be some sci-fi madness. <laughs> just, it's very uh, it's eerie in a way. Like um, I don't right? know. For me, it's always been those old type of, of music like that. You know, mm -hmm. with that that um echoey sound to it. That that um, what they call it? I forget the, the. It's one of those phones. The phone that like you know that the yeah. over the players used to be on. I can't remember the name of what they used to call the over the players. But just that sound has always been eerie. Yeah, just in all the sci-fi stuff is like. <laughs> yeah and in yeah. case comics had love the alfred hitchcock feel to it that's true yeah. that is it, it does have Very a much. little alfred hitchcock feel to it mm -hmm. i like that yep don't, don't be scared of the announcement but we do have an announcement coming on friday it's a, it's a great announcement everyone it's a great announcement we think that you'll enjoy it um hopefully you know jump all over it yeah all right i do want to bring up um Coffee.com, except it's spelled co-fi. 
yeah slash indie comics dispatch <laughs> um you can go there and you can become a monthly subscriber to indie comics dispatch mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and it helps support us so everything that we kind of do right now um comes out of pocket um yep. except for we just had one little great burst and it helped pay prepay for a year um of um <laughs> jerry no you're not supposed to be on that side go to that link i sent you jerry go to that link um, <laughs> um it's in the chat it's in the chat jerry <laughs> yeah go click on it click on it man um so everything we do is kind of out of pocket we had a great burst recently that helped pay prepay for a year's worth of Streamyard and prepay yep. for a year's worth of hosting for indiecomicsdispatch.com uh now we're trying to say hey um if you can give a buck two bucks three bucks a month um that would be awesome um that would help us go a long way if you become a monthly subscriber I'll send you stickers. I'll send you Indie Comics Dispatch stickers um, and uh, maybe something else random too. Um, so depends yeah, on knows. how much you pledge. Um, yeah. That's and all. If you one of those subscribers that you know, you all know, you hit about three months, five months, you're still there. Maybe you'll get something from the Sovereign Comics world too. Oh, uh oh. oh I'm all <laughs> about giving stuff for free if people look, look out for us. <laughs> <laughs> so. so I do have one more promo I want to play, and then we'll get to introducing our guests in tonight's topic. Um, this is our uh, December schedule, and I really just want to play this just for a minute um, because it makes my heart um, warm. Okay. So that's our summer schedule. I was making us into elves. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I didn't watch that earlier. We said that. Oh, that was perfect. You got some moves, <laughs> <Yeah. Brett. laughs> Oh, man. So tonight's okay. topic is team comics, how to write a team comic. The, 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 the dynamics of writing a team comic um which to me i you know i've never written a single comic um but to me writing a team comic seems extraordinarily hard um tier yeah. you've done it yeah all my titles are team comics yeah that's true they are all of them <laughs> well i think i'll be so doing you... my first non-team co team comic um soon in, in blue fire guardians Wow. And then again, it's still it's still it's still kind of a team because I mean the, it's plural. Yeah. Guardians. You know, yeah, it's more more of them, but it's gonna be focusing on two. But then again, it's gonna be focusing on focusing on their daughter too, who's in Temple High. So mm. not really focused. So I mean it's it's not a team, it's more family, but yeah, all of mine are some type of group, some type of group yeah. aspect. Well, let's introduce tonight's panel. Um, first up, he just joined backstage. Um, Jerry's no longer in the Instagram chat. He is now backstage of the stream, and I'm about to bring him. Jerry, uh, Jerry, I was hoping you'd be here early so I could get your uh, expertise on how to pronounce your last name. Tell me in a minute. I'm not going to butcher it. Um, he is the creator of E4 Comics and write, writer and creator of the comic book The Elements, not to be confused with Elements. He is writer of The Elements. Welcome, Jerry. What's going on? What's going oh, on? Oh, Jerry. <laughs> and you just got done with an indie comic throwdown on the Indie Comics Dispatch, and we're not going to release any spoilers. We're going to reveal yeah. who won that matchup on Monday. Um, okay. But I know you can't wait to 
to see that. Team Shock, baby. <laughs> hey, that's what you got to do. You got to root for your own characters. My character yeah, that's right. is <laughs> cool belief. I give the friendly handshake, but then I'm like, <laughs> and you're going down. Yeah. You're going down. You're going down. <laughs> oh. I'll send it to my mailman and everybody. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Spread the word. Get them to vote. That's right. <laughs> so, who do we have next coming on? On the list, we have Mike. Is he here? Is he here? Is he here? He is. He is. Yeah. He sorry. Yeah. I forgot you can't see that. Yeah. Mike yes. is here. Yeah, I can't see that yet. One day, maybe one, one day. One day, one day. So <clears throat> our next guest is Mike Shea. And uh, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Mike, if I did not, you can you can let me know. Uh, he is the co-creator and writer of Miskatonic High, a series about kids taking on Lovecraft monsters um, in their small town high school. Um, they're just not which is the biggest horror show. High school are these Lovecraftian monsters. I'm going with high school. I'm going with high school. Yeah, that's a good call. It's always high school. <laughs> it's always high school. Did I pronounce hey, your nice last name? You. you as well. Uh, it's Shay, but close enough. Okay, okay. Shea. And Jerry, how do you say your last name? It's Chatelain. I would have been close. I think I would have been close. Sometimes I have something in my head I'm going to say, and then like, and it just comes out however it wants to come out. Just go like this. Some crazy pronunciations of my last name. everybody all the time. I, I try to uh, uh, respect people's names if I can. Try to sound it out because I've had people misspell Jackson. Like I don't know what education system they were part of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I'm the regular Jackson. I'm not the one with the X. Like there's another Jackson that has an X, but I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen X. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, it looks cool. It looks cool. But I'm the regular. It does look cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, next up, we're, we're actually waiting. I'm going to do two guests in a row. We're actually waiting on one more guest to join our feed, and here we'll introduce her when she yep. arrives. Um, Next up, we have Paul Richards, creator and writer of Black Moss Comics, an interconnected comic universe spanning seven titles and the globe it's in, the, uh, in an alternate future that's struggling to cope with its newly enhanced population. Welcome, Paul. What's going on? Look at him. <laughs> hmm. Hello, everybody. What's up? Is he I'm Brett here. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Uh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. You're frozen on screen for a frozen. second there, Paul. Oh, oh, there he is. He's coming back. Oh, there. Yeah, he's one coming back now. One spot this time. One spot. One spot. <laughs> smiling slowly. <laughs> and we have Vonnell Young joining us. He is a championship knitter. He has raced ponies in three pony shows to date, and he loves cuddles and long walks on the beach. No, he didn't submit an actual um, bio to me. He is the creator of Delta Dogs and founder of Millennial Comics, a series based around seven superhero cousins. And the reason I added all that is because he added to his bio that my favorite, Brett's favorite, out of all indie titles is his. Wow. <laughs> Welcome, sir. That's a bold claim. Got all these powerhouses up here. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Everybody doing all right tonight? Oh yeah, most definitely. Most good, definitely. good. Well, let's um, let's dive right in first of all and talk about um, just oh, team yeah. comics in general. You guys are all team comic writers, creators. 
Um, what is, in your opinion, other than your own, other than your own, you the best team comic book of all time? Mm. Well, dropping questions like that right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Warm up. <laughs> oh, you know where I'm gonna go. I gotta go outside of indie yeah. for a minute and just say Justice League. I Justice love League. it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can agree. Oh, Mike says no. <laughs> no way. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> so prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Mike. What's your favorite? See, the problem is you got too many A-listers there. If you're going to do a superhero team, you got to mix it up with some like B-level in there. So, you know, you have some comic relief. You have the, the people that, you know, or the red shirts who can die on you. You know, you got to mix it up. If you have Superman and Batman... They're not dying. They're not getting rid of the comic. You know, if you have, you know, Plastic Man, you know, he's going to disappear for a while because, you know, somebody brought a, a you know. Or get, or get turned into an egg. Wasn't, wasn't it Plastic Man that got turned into an egg for like half of my, in, uh, it was either Plastic, I think it was Plastic Man. But yeah, he got turned into an egg and then they <laughs> broke him out of the egg in New 52 or something like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else? What else makes the list, guys? Um, for me, oh, man, I would say Justice League Dark or Suicide mm. Squad. Mm. I can get behind that. Uh, right. I'm always an X-Men sucker. So, um, Or you can just stick with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, good call. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That is a good call. That is a good call. I'm here with you. I forgot Powerpuff Girls. That's another one. I'm just playing. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. I'll play. Off the drum. <laughs> you know, uh, one that I liked when I was a kid was uh, Teen Titans. So yeah. it was like, you know, they the were it was, Teen Titans. Not the right, Teen you know, Titans but it was. No, not Teen Titans. Go. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, if that's your thing, that's fine. But so it like brought all these guys from like all the different corners of the DC universe, but they weren't like Superman level. So like they could fuck up and it was okay, you know, because they were teens and, you know, that's what teens do. So, um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun comic, a funny comic, you know, and you never really knew what was going to happen, and they just like dived into like all the weird crap that goes on in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'd be my go. Yep. You know, one of mine I have to say was my first team comic was I think it was called Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, was yeah. my first team comic. That, um, so. Jim Lee and Rob's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Grifter. Yeah. Grifter was one of the yeah. Grifter was one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dope character. Uh, it was like a bladed dude, the dude that yeah. can get real big and strong. Like, yeah, it was a whole big cast, and that was like my first team comic. Nice. Um, Homebrewed yeah. Comics, um, who I just got was lucky enough to do an interview with um, a little bit ago, said '90s X Factor was my favorite. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they put the 90s in there, though. Yeah. Trying to clarify things. <laughs> yeah, because they're not. <clears throat> yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I, there you go. They look off, but it's all right. So let me throw this one out there. It, it's not my favorite, but it's one that I think is kind of cool. 
is mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. So mm-hmm. not just a team comic, but also a family. So you got yeah. the, that dynamic to it as well, you know, whereas, you know, like in X-Men, if, you know, Wolf and, you know, Magneto are going at it, you know, it's it's fine. They get they get into fight. It doesn't really matter. But if, you know, like Ben, you know, Ben Richards and, uh, you know, and Mr. Fantastic get into a fight, they're brother-in-law. So it's kind of like, ooh, yeah. you know, I, I got to make up with this guy. Quit. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. So how does writing a team comic differ from writing one focused on a single individual, in, in your opinion? So I'll let y'all answer first. <laughs> anyway, oh. now. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know yeah. what? No, nah, I, I feel like that dish, that's disrespectful. Like, Tyrone, you... you 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 the team leader right now. I mean, go ahead. You the team MVP. Go ahead. Oh, now I'm I'm a co-host, so I I'm here to mediate. I'll answer though. So go ahead. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> I'll I'll answer eventually. I'll answer here in a bit. But um, hold on. So you're saying um. So like harder, which is easier to write. Really hard. Is you know you got all these characters and you sort of want to focus on all of them at the same time. And they got so many pages. So you got to figure out how to do it. And maybe you do it in a way where like one issue is about one character or mainly one character. And then the next issue is about another character, mainly about Mm -hmm. that character. Or you just say, screw it. We don't need characteristics. They just are there and they do stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it, that's a challenge. I think is focusing on like one character. It's it's it gets yeah. really hard because you run out of pages really fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something I, I, I myself I run into a little bit when it comes to writing the team comics. Is every single last one of my comics is, are, are a team, like Cipher Team mm-hmm. is in the name, Temple High, uh, Arisha Exos, uh, Yamo Stigmata, Stars, and Stars is a really big one right now. Like that one's super catching on, but. It's all about that that FaceTime and uh, giving each character yeah. their own due and giving them enough, you know, enough space so you can under you can get to know them. Um, right. I think I did that probably better in Stars and Temple High, especially in Temple High. But that was because in Temple High, I was like, I took off any shackles that I had on. I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to write this book. So <laughs> it was like a like a 36, 36 to 38 page book. But you got to know every character and people who read the book, they have their character that they like and their characters that they don't like. Like I had people come back and say, I hate her. I hate her so much. And talk about a specific character. So if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone hates this character. And I'm like, right. that's what I wanted. I wanted you to hate her. I did my job. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, um, so it works. So, you know, it works. It's just that, which that's going to lead to another question we're going to ask. But for me, is the, is the FaceTime. Like you, like you were saying, Mike, you got to got to find a nice, healthy balance in that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, go ahead, Vano. So with, with mines, with Delta Dogs, I think that, of course, one thing is you only have so many pages to kind of tell what that character is there for. So what I had to do was have at least one main character to begin with out the group, have their story centered around his, mm-hmm. where in later comics, you know, I have a hook for each one of them. And I mm-hmm. explained that hook 
and that hook it doesn't take too long to do it. it take like maybe a page at the most, and you have that hook like okay, like with this character, stick with this hook. Just remember that hook, or that uh, that little piece of hype, and we'll get to that later. Like oh, oh man, I want to kind of find out exactly what that character about that character is about. So then you go back to your main character, and then throughout the story, you kind of bounce off with that, you know, the side characters, and there you'll see the growth where they become main characters, where they get their own story. Just mm-hmm. like uh, I heard somebody say Teen Titans, um, we didn't really get too much of the other characters like Raven or Beast Boy, even Terra, until later on where they had their own arcs. Mm-hmm. So right. you'll have that, and that little hook, like, you know, Beast Boy, he's the, the funny guy. Um, that that's the hook. So later on through the series, you'll finally get to Doom Patrol, where he's from. But you're always interested in that character just because of that small hook. So stick with the small hooks. Don't try to do things big just yet. From my point of view, um, you can go however you want to do it. But from my, you know how I do things is I do a small hook that kind of makes that character a little interesting, and you want to find out more, and then mm-hmm. you give it. On your time later on in the story, when you actually have room for it, and you can actually do that character justice. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest point about any team comic. And I, I know all of us write team comics. Obviously, that's the subject for tonight. But that's the biggest thing: making sure that each character has their own personality. You yeah. know, I've seen some team books where it's like everybody acts the same, and it's like just because they have the same end goal, they don't have yeah. to act the same. But you can have a bad boy that he, but he has the same end goal as the Boy Scout. You know, but they have their different qualities. You know, the funny guy, like you said, because I have, you know, I have a funny guy, like the funny guy in my books. I have the serious type, you know, the the bad boy, the bad girl, whatever. Um, the one that's just wants to be left alone. You know, you have all these different personality traits. It's mainly, if you hang with a group of people, look at the group. <laughs> yeah. And you'll, know, you'll notice that the group is not the same. And you apply that to your story. <laughs> so. yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say because my mm-hmm. book is based on four brothers mm-hmm. and it basically based mm-hmm. on me and three of the other guys that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. So whenever yeah. it comes to a certain interaction, it's like what would he say in this situation? Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. just like him. What would he say in this? How would he react? Yeah, that sounds just like him, you know? And And in my book, to make it a bit more challenging, there's no leader out of the mm-hmm. four brothers. Okay. So whenever they're going up against an opponent, it's always, you know, a discussion, disagreement. You'll look at them and be like, how do they get anything done? You know, if they're always, you know, fighting amongst themselves, <laughs> but they always get it done. Right. You know, at the end of the day, they do listen to each other. They take each other's opinions, you know, and then they apply it to what they need to do. Right. So that's why I say there's no leader in them. But eventually, like I said, one will probably be stronger than the others for a while, but that motivates the others to catch up to that and pass that. They motivate each other. They're always in competition against each other, you know? So kind of like a Goku Vegeta kind of concept, you know, yeah. what Goku <laughs> reads Super Saiyan? I got to make Super Saiyan too. I, I don't even know what that is, but I'm getting there. Like <laughs> that kind of concept, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. that's how it helps me to write the team book. Yeah, there you go. Right. That that healthy uh, rivalry, which I think is the one thing, because if you notice with a lot of um, manga, which we've mentioned on the show many a times, and, and the way how that is starting to sweep across America and people are actually picking up more manga than they are comic books now, that's one of the things, too. Like, they might have their main character, like, for instance, Bleach. They got their main character, Ichigo. But 
you have all these other characters that you get attached to. And, it, when it, and in the sense, it kind of makes it that team book, you know, even right. though you have yes. your main character. And they do it so well because they have their hooks, you know, um, they have their rivalries, you know, they have their bad boy, their boy scout, their, all these different type of characters. And it works. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest things about things like that is, like, for example, Dragon Ball Z again, and that was yeah. always my big issue with it. Um, it's funny, Chris from Homebrew, we always talk about this, same issues we have. You have one main character, and it kind of gets to the point where everyone else means nothing. Yep. Yeah. You know, so you have Goku, yeah. that's all you need. Everyone else <laughs> falls way below the waistline. Yeah. To the point they're useless. You talking about Yamcha? <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny? One of my favorite episodes of Dragon Ball is just that episode when Tien was holding back Imperfect Cell from getting 17, Mm -hmm. and he was just using the tri beam. It was just Mm -hmm. a low level human was finally able to do something to help the team out. (laughs) You know, yeah, they kind they kind of did. They kind of did Tien, Yamcha, even um, even Krillin. Like even they even I don't know what Jiaotsu is. I don't know. If he's human, a baby clown, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I'm going with, I'm going with baby clown. He's probably a baby clown. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like they were the big they were the big people in Dragon Ball and then the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, and then after oh, that they were like or on. Hey, we, hey, we got stand up. That was it. And just dropped them. Bluetooth connected. Oh, who's Bluetooth? Who's automated? Somebody's automated over there. I don't know, right? Someone's a robot. That's me, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, I don't know if it's on everybody's end, but you're frozen. Your video's frozen on my end, at least. Do other people yeah. see Jerry moving? Okay. No, so just, frozen also. Okay, just FYI. We can I hear you fine. Wait for the fly to come to him or something. <laughs> he just standing still until the fly I comes know. to him. It's like, all like hit his face. Don't I got blink. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's back with us. Paul went away for a minute, moment into the great northwest right. wilderness. Um, <laughs> but he's here now. Um, Jerry's back. <laughs> he just powered on. I was freezing. Everybody was freezing on. Uh oh. You good now? You good now, Paul? <laughs> he may still be. Frozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's kind of oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh oh. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, um, ready for going for the next question. No, yeah. well, kind no, of. we can hear you. But well, I can hear you though. Yeah. So, um, oh. how? Oh, who disappeared? Mike. Mike. This is uh, one of them nights, y'all. Yeah. Listening to the podcast after this, um, you don't get to see people yeah. leaving and coming back into the stream. So every time we go, oh, that's somebody leaving yeah. the stream unexpectedly. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll edit that out. No, we won't. Yeah. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, okay, Paul, since we know you're here right now and not in the Great West, Northwest Wilderness, um, how do you develop a personality for each character in your book? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Um, And I, I think what it really comes down to is knowing each one of your characters um, I think it's really easy to come up with a fun design or to come up with like a cool costume or a cool power set with someone, but that only takes you so far. Um, so I think if you are really trying to build a team comic and have individuals interact with one another at a deeper level than just 
a typical fight scene, you really have to get to know who they are as a character. And so I don't necessarily, I don't go back a year. I don't go back five years. You know, we try to think about who these characters were when they were kids and how they were brought up and maybe why they made a certain decision when they were in their late teens that led them on a certain path. You know, there's a lot of motivations that you have to flesh out in an individual character before you're going to truly understand how they will interact with the rest of the team. I like that. Mm. Makes sense though. Because I know um, even myself like did the same thing. Honestly, that's how the Sovereign Comics universe came to be. <laughs> like uh, I started off writing stories for two twin sisters. Guess that's a team book too. Uh, <laughs> but when I started thinking about their childhood and everything else, and had to figure out their parents and all the other stuff, it just <laughs> blew up from there and just went everywhere else. And all of a sudden, I got Cipher Team Star. I'm like, with stars came along because I was like, well, I have Cipher Team, you know. They got to listen to music, so... Yeah, might as well be a superhero band. Exactly, that's exactly how we're all listen, listen to a band, a rock band. Maybe they like rock. Oh, I create a rock band. Oh, maybe they're superheroes. And it just... Yeah, so... <laughs> all those things help. And I think that's one reason why, Paul, your well, uh, universe you, noticed it start to blow up. Be... Go ahead, Paul. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I think to, to what you're saying, you have to be a little bit flexible in your characters as well. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't just, you can't have rigid power sets and rigid rules for every character because they might interact differently with someone from Cypher Team than they are going to with stars. And you have to be yeah. able to understand how those interactions would be different in that avenue versus mm -hmm. just on their own. Yep. So you, you yep. can't be have everything set in stone when you're developing your team comic. Exactly, exactly, and that's a very valid point because that's what I did with stars. I just threw stars, to, I just threw stars out there, and it started building. <laughs> it started building itself, and all this other stuff started happening. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll let the fans build this one, <laughs> and it just started growing from there. Um, yeah, we can do. This. But yeah, you're, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. Um, even even with the power set, that's one of the things that I think I, I kind of got a little angry with with like DC and Marvel is because when their characters get powers, it's like they get powers and all of a sudden they are the baddest thing walking and it's like, that's not how it works. Like, oh, being an athlete, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you know, like for me, works. yeah, that's not how it works. Like for me being an athlete, like I didn't just get on the football field and was just running the ball up and down. I had stumbled, fell, got my head wrong, that's right. you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I'm tired of being tackled. And then I became right. the best one, not the best, but a mm -hmm. good running back. <laughs> You know, so because yeah, I was tackles hurt. I want to avoid that. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I'm gonna, learn, I'm gonna learn some spin moves and some, some juking. I don't want to get hit anymore. And it, you know, and it, it goes from there. Like it shows that evolve, you know, that evolution. And that's one, one thing I try to do with my team books too. Is like with Cipher Team, they're the most evolved or the most elite out of all of the other books because Temple High is they're in school. Stars, they just started. That's the reason why they're getting their butts whooped by a villain who's been doing it for a decade. <laughs> they just started. Makes sense. And Cypher Team, they're um they've been around. They've been doing it for the Cypher team's been doing it for over a decade. So they know what to do, what not to do 
and that's all I'm gonna say without spoiling issue three. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler. He was like, yeah. <laughs> I want to review it. I, I, I saw my nail before it because I talked to him about some stuff. He was like, Brett, yeah. like certainly <laughs> just, just do it. Go ahead, Paul. What you got? Go ahead, Paul. I was just gonna say, oh. circling back to your original question, piggybacking what on tears is is when you're developing a character that's part of a team comic you really can't develop them fully until you mm-hmm. have the rest of your team. Like yeah. you got to know what the end goal of the team is mm-hmm. before you can build any singular character. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And that kind of leads me, go ahead, Vano. Oh, I was about to just add to, to that question. Um, basically with, with mine's, I, I don't want to make any unnecessary characters. I know it's mm-hmm. kind of, Sounds kind of um, strict, but I don't want to add any type of unnecessary character. So, say I have, uh, like, with mine's right now, I have seven cousins, yeah, and each cousin yeah. serves a role of what I'm trying to say through t- storytelling. So, say I take one of those cousins out, doesn't matter which one, but any of them, if I take one of them out, the story will not work. So, mm-hmm. each character needs to have value towards the story. You know, um, and then their personalities, of course, is centered around, you know, um, the, of, again, what I'm trying to say. And that's how the story basically builds itself, if that makes sense. But, I mean, that's how I do it. Everybody else has their ways. But that's yeah. that's kind of been helping me out since I've been writing. I'm glad to just add to that question because I know at least two of you, I think, have based characters in your team on family members or people you know. Um, yeah. Jerry, you're frozen, so I can't t- actually tell if you're still there, but if you're still there. <laughs> yes, um, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> Did, didn't you say your characters were based on on brothers or, or <laughs> friends or something? Yeah, so my brother uh, Sky is my brother, Shock is my cousin, and Hydra is my best friend. Okay. You know, so like I said, uh, growing up, it was always we, me and Hydro interactions are normally the most brutal. Literally, in real life, we'll be at a pool hall. We'll get thrown out because it looked like me and him are about to get into a fight over <laughs> discussing something. But, but then we'll wake up the next morning. Hey, you want to get something? Yeah, let's go. Like, nothing happened. You know, Sky is always the, the funny young one. Shock is always the... Uh, the conceited, I'm down for whatever, I'm better than everybody kind of personality. <laughs> you know, so when you put all those personalities together, you get one hell of a show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tier, you were about to say something a second ago. I was about to say with, with Mike, too, because I know, uh, since he's back now, I wanted to get his his insight, too, Yeah, on, on that. Um, That's right. Welcome back, story, Mike. <laughs> yeah, because his story is, is a little bit different from, from, from us. Yeah. With, with, um, Miss and High, which I don't know if y'all read it or not, but if you haven't, you need to. Like, seriously, you need to pick those books up because they're, and he does, he, he's very creative with his characters too. And I'll let him go ahead and explain that part on how. Right. It- so uh, we don't really do a superhero. We're just, you know, average kids at a really messed up high school. Um, and as they go, you find out that they have like hidden secrets and, one of the things that I, I learned from writing characters is if that you're not really sure who your character is, follow them home. Like, don't stalk them. I mean, that's not cool, but um, <laughs> I don't, you know, 
what you do is up to you. Um, I guess that's better than actually going into your home right now because of the COVID, but you know, so maybe stalking yeah. is good. Maybe yeah. stalking is the healthy way to go. Yeah. Um, the healthy way to go. yeah. But you know, follow your characters home. Like what do they do when they're not like saving the universe or, you know, fighting, you know, Chaluthu or whatever, you know, like, do they watch movies? Do they bake? Do they, you know, are they artists? Do they, um, you know, do they sleep all the time? Do they smoke pot? Do they, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's okay with me. Yeah, me too. You, know, like, you know, it's like, who are Colorado your characters? Like, I mean. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, if you don't know who your character is, stick your character next to their mom, and you're going to find out who that character is real quick. Mm. You know, because, like you know, because the mom always brings out the truth of who the character is. And so, you know, it's like that. So if you don't know who your characters are, just take them to, to their home, find out who Wait, their family no, are, because... Because yeah. you will find out who they are real quick. Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned that because I know um, in one of Vanel, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about mine too, but in one of Vanel's issues. <laughs> oh, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> He's posted it, but you 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 could tell because like they the kids like the cousins they're in there talking all hardcore blah blah blah, and uh -huh. then one of the characters blows a hole in the wall. And all of a sudden, here comes mom. What are you doing? You want oh, yeah. like, everybody just breaks down like. Yep, I love that part. It's <laughs> like <laughs> you see, you see how every, you know it brings that human factor back into the comic. And you see how kids mm -hmm. act around the adult when yeah, the right. adult is angry, and that's like the real cool part. Just like in, in Temple High, you know, Damien's gearing up and he's ready to fight Nomi and stuff like that. And, you know, his uh, familiar comes out. The familiar's like, "What's going on? Like, oh, we're about to fight an echelon." What do you mean about to fight an echelon? And then he finds out who he's fighting. He's like, "Didn't your mom tell you to stay away from her?" I'm telling your mom. Yeah, well, don't tell mom, you know, because his mom is also on Cypher team, so she would like they've been training him up, but you know, he's like, I'm gonna tell your mom. Like, oh crap. Because he knows that part too. Like now, since he's in the fight, because of the way his parents train him. If he loses, he's going to get it even more when he gets home. <laughs> so he's like, well, dang, I can't lose now. So but that, that does make sense, though. Like, bring that character around their mother and see how they mm -hmm. will do yeah. that. That, mm -hmm. that, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I <laughs> a like lot. It a lot. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you have all these different characters, and um, I can imagine communicating with an artist is hard enough. Um, but then you're trying to communicate the personalities, the facial expressions, the, the dynamics of multiple people. How hard is that? Is it, is, am I just blowing it up in my mind or is that, is that actually a hard thing to do? It is, I guess I want to say, especially since I'm a writer. So before everybody here is a writer, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. for me, basically how I do it is when I'm especially <laughs> dealing with an artist, it's yeah. I send him a picture of the character and I send him the bio, the personality and everything. And I tell him, mm -hmm. get familiar with that character. And then I'll send him the next one, get familiar with that character, get familiar with all these characters. So now when he's when he's drawing, he can try and, and uh, visualize like what I'm saying and the facial expression and exactly what I'm looking for. You know, so your artist has to be as familiar with the characters as you are. They have to understand yeah. their characteristics yeah. and everything. Because when you, you know, like everyone here, when you find that artist that can vibe with your with your imagination, it's like it, and mm -hmm. since it's a sink, you don't want to break, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what you want to try to build, you know, in the beginning. Yeah. So that's how it works for me. Yeah, yeah. I would say. 
for me creating that part is easy for me uh but the artist that's the part where it really sells because you got to make sure your artist is able to draw different people <laughs> you know and how different people look different you know they'll have same face syndrome and stuff like that you got to make sure <laughs> your artist can do that because like for me creating the character I, I see all my characters differently. Like I see their facial features and stuff. So um, what I have done with my artist before is like, I will tell them and he'll get it. Or I will show him like, Hey, he kind of looks like this. Like I get like a, find like a um, movie star or maybe a child actor or someone that that character looks like, like they look kind of like this or just pictures, you know, on you was it stock, whatever that photo stock, whatever, you know, just pictures. Like, hey, they've kind of, this is what they would favor. Um, but yeah, for me, like for me, it's, it's easy seeing, seeing them. But I just try to make sure my character, my artist doesn't have same face syndrome, because that part of hurt it. Yeah. <laughs> right, I read several books like that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the small yeah, things quit. that really gets by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, when I it comes to sure characters, any artist that have the interior work. Go ahead, Paul. They make they do a. I have them do pinup pieces or almost like cover pieces of each main narrative that's going to be in the book. So that they know and they're well practiced and uh, like Jerry was saying, they get the bio, they get tons and tons of reference picks, any other artist renditions that have been done. Like I, I'm really lucky to have an artist in Diego Morales out of Guatemala that's fantastic. But I mean, they just got to know that character inside now and they're really going to yeah. respect that. All of us writers hope our characters get treated well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know you were saying. Oh, I was just saying that it's a lot of things. Um, when you're when you're thinking about certain scenes, and when it's really different when it comes down to actually drawing out those scenes, because some things kind of fall through the cracks, and it doesn't make sense on page. Yeah. So. Um, I know it was one scene, uh, which hasn't even came out yet, but I, I'll just let you guys know. Uh, it was one scene where... You're letting the world know. know. You're letting the world know. Oh, no, it, it's fine. It's, it's, not, it's not critical, but it's, it's not even in the comic book because I had to talk to my artist to uh -huh. kind of take it out. Okay. So it was one scene where one of the cousins is on the aunt's bed, right? And he's so used to drawing the drawing the characters that he just put shoes on his on his feet. I was like, whoa, like, no. When I was young, you don't mm -hmm. even have shoes on the car. Like, mm -hmm. have it on the bed? I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. You gotta take that out. <laughs> <laughs> I read the towel and everything. And he took away, basically, now he has some socks on. So, stuff like that, it's like, it slipped through the crack, but I never really thought to tell my artist, like, yo, make sure you don't put shoes on Auntie's bed. But, it, you know, again, just having that communication between your artist, it, it's like a relationship that needs to get built. Not only between your, your art and your, your content, but also between, you know, you and your artist. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's definitely it's definitely critical. Yeah. Right. But you know what you could have did, Vanel? You should have took that and you should have wrote the next scene where Auntie came in and saw him with the shoes on. <laughs> I, <did that. laughs> I know your feet ain't on my bed. <laughs> Mike, I know you had something to say too. Were you, were you going to add to it? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, the 
yeah, for for me, uh, you know, because you're doing a team comic, so many characters, it's kind of what the other characters are doing in the background. It's like if you're not going to be able to write a whole lot of scenes for them, they got to be doing something in the background that conveys their personality. And, you know, so if you have a good artist who knows those characters and can have them be doing little things in the background, you know, know which one of them are friends with the other ones, which ones hate each other, you know, that sort of thing. So you can have them doing in the background, you know, which ones are awkward, which ones are really cool, you know, that sort of thing. And to fun everybody else, it's like once you have that connection with your artist, and you empower your they're gonna had one scene recently where we had these two two, we had these two characters talking and one character like turns to the other one you know and flashes the bird and you know it's like that exactly your character and i can't remember whether i wrote it or what he drew it but it was such a perfect that you know it made that it made that scene and you understood exactly who that character was Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um. I know my artist, uh, and me and Vanel, we use the same artist. Um, he's a, he's a great artist, and he did something like that too, which I thought was hilarious because it was farther in the script. I hadn't even given him this part of the script yet, but he had mm-hmm. Drew, and it was leading into it. And he had Drew one of the characters because I gave him the characters, told him how they were. You know, this like this character in particular, her name was Chichi, and she's uh, an insect turned humanoid. So she has those insect qualities. So she's sporadic and does a lot of things that she's, she's in Temple High. So <laughs> he drew like this little insect way in the back, flying up, carrying something. And I'm like, did I give you the next page? <laughs> and he was like, no. And I gave him the next page and he was like, oh. He was like, oh, so I'm doing it right. I was like, yeah, now you got to draw a bigger photo <laughs> machine because that's what he's carrying on the next week. <laughs> you know? so, so it was like, so it's where it worked. You know, it was it was it was, per- it was perfect. Yeah, that that um and yeah, the um was it a fluid fluidic? I, I call it fluidic convert um fluidic actions or fluidic conversations because I've noticed that with a lot of uh, books, um, people will draw them two characters talking, but you don't see anything in the background. Like you don't see if they're at school, you don't see students walking by. You know, you don't see like a teacher yeah, dragging the student off to, to detention, you know, <laughs> like you don't Kinda see that stuff. The background, yeah. right. Exactly. And all of that stuff helps. All of that stuff helps so much, you know, and I've seen it in Mike's mm-hmm. books. I've seen it in Vanel's books, Paul's books. Um, Got to get your book, Jerry, um, which I'm going to get it and read it. Um, But and that helps, you know, because people see those certain things and they start seeing those characters. And if they see somebody doing something crazy in the back. They might like that character, but hey, is this because I've had people ask me about characters in the background, like, is that character gonna come up? Yeah, they'll come <laughs> up later. You know, they'll come up later. Not really, they'll be here later. You know, so yeah, that that does help having that background movement, even of the main characters. You know, having them talk in the background, or yeah, you know, it it does help out. Like if one of your characters is a, you know, a a, a big music head or whatever, like if they're in the background and they're not talking at the moment. You should it, it should be okay for them to have headphones on or they'll listen to music or something. They're just like leaning against the wall, bobbing their head. Like, you know, is is that natural human conversation that we see daily? You know, um, yeah. you get that nice characteristic of that character. Yep. When you exactly. see them, how they acting in the background, like you mm-hmm. get their personality. Yep. And sometimes you could tell more about the character. You know, like Mike was saying, from what they do in the background than when they're in the yeah. foreground. <laughs> you know, so. yeah, it's, yeah, it's different ways to kind of tell the story and kind of bring out, flesh out their personalities. 
like that whole background thing you just said, mm-hmm. that's that's another critical thing. Again, like like would you say my name while I'm not around you? You know, like yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's something when they're in the background, you know, they really thinking about themselves, doing exactly what their personalities are. You know, because they're you know they're off they're off screen, so. You know, some dude could just be picking his nose, just, <laughs> just doing something <laughs> that represents sure. their true selves, but it's in the background. That's again in the background. That's when they true, you know, they're true. So that can't. Yeah, you like know what's that. funny? I think that goes to everything else. Like you watch a comedy and you see like the two main characters acting a fool on yeah. scene, but then that that what in the background from someone that's not even uh, on the scene watching yeah. them, and you just hear like, "What the?" That kills me. That not what they're doing in the main scene, but just that that unexpected background noise yeah, is yeah. what always catches me. Yeah, like uh, Adam <laughs> so. Sandler. Adam Sandler used to do that a lot in his earlier movies. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you can do it, and that's a huge <laughs> bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that one. That honestly, I, I forget was that. Um, I forget which movie that was. I think I forget which movie he did that in. I think it was um, Mel No, no, I think it was Deuce Bigelow, yeah, Mel Gigolo. It was Deuce mm-hmm. Bigelow, Mel Gigolo, because uh, I remember the the dude, because it was uh, Rob Schneider, and uh, he was the I think he was the Gigolo, yeah. And one of the ladies was like a really really tall lady, so like, <laughs> so like she walks by and you're not expecting. Now somebody's like, "That's a huge bitch," and I swear, yeah. I, 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 lost, <laughs> I lost. Like you're not expecting that. Like you're not expecting right. stuff. Oh like, my god! In the background, you know. <laughs> so, the background plays a big role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh. that background. If you if you can get that background right, you know, you do a lot with your stories. Yeah, like basically said, doubling your your page. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. that kind of um leads into the next question. So like, so like Showtime for for real, like um FaceTime of your characters. Like, how do you work around that? All of us have team books, you know. Some of us have um, uh, you know, four characters. Some of us have seven characters in a book. Some of us have fifteen characters in the book. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, how, how do you how do you go about uh? uh <laughs> That's Temple High. Trust me, I get a headache every time I write. <laughs> but uh, how do y'all go about doing your FaceTime, ensuring that these characters <laughs> that these characters have enough FaceTime um, for people to know for people to know them? Right. Anybody can start off. Paul, you uh, haven't said anything in a little bit. Who's that? Paul. Oh yeah, Paul. You there? Is it? This guy. Oh, I, you know what? I you got to pick and choose. Unfortunately, yeah. there definitely mm-hmm. have to be some roster cuts <laughs> when making a team comic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, but yeah. there are going to be ones that, that get popular. There are going to be ones that are, you know, the draw people in and unfortunately us as writers and as comic book creators there are characters that I have tried to push that I have like wanting bad ass that haven't gotten good reception and others that I thought was were B-list that have just had a huge following so I've found that like as I put things out there even if I have a goal in mind, sometimes I can accomplish that with with ones that might be, I don't know, a little bit more, 
attractive, not attractive, like physically, but attractive to an audience than others. Mm -hmm. So I'm, while there is an end goal, it's always in flux for me. Well, does anybody want to go next? I can go. Yeah, go ahead. I just jump in front of someone. Okay. So, (laughs) so King of the Mountain, go ahead. <laughs> so uh yeah, that's funny you remember that <laughs> so we like I said earlier that each character has a very important role in the story. So yes, that character might not show up until like seven pages down the line, or maybe not until the next issue, or it might be missing for the next two issues. Mm-hmm. But when that character shows up, it's very impactful. Um, and then also giving like small little snippets throughout the whole comic book, where it's like, man, I don't see too much of that character. Only seeing him say like maybe just a couple of lines, but each of those lines are building up to that big pivot point, where it's like, okay, finally this character is about to say something. And right. when you finally build up to that that moment, it's like, man, that character is just as impactful. With all the other, you know, just as impactful than all the other characters. Mm-hmm. So it's really just trying to figure out exactly what do you want to say with that particular character. And when he says it, make sure that it's like the highlight of, you know, just just as much as the other highlights. You know, so mm-hmm. hopefully I explain that right. <laughs> so in other words, so in other words, they'll yeah. make him come in, and when it's time for them to talk, they just sneeze, and then it goes like, <laughs> oh no! I, I'll, I'll give you an example. So. Um, Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. Curtis is supposed to be the young, smart one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't get too much shine, but of course, if you read the book, you see throughout the story, uh, Curtis is the one that's get, the only one that's in class that, that aces his test. Um, he's the one that's like kind of every time he talks, he, he's slightly different words. That's yeah. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, you try to dumb it down a little bit for all the other cousins to understand, but he has a very vast he's very vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And his scene is coming up. Just just wait on it. But when his scene <laughs> comes up, it's like, man, like, where did this come from? And then you read throughout the story, like, man, you know, it's been here the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives the comic rehability, you know. So uh, it's, it's stuff like that. You definitely gotta make sure you you put more a lot of time into each character where it's mm-hmm. like, man. What, is, what does this character stand for? Yeah. It's right. it, it's balanced. Like I know I've had to explain to people before, like <clears throat> every character doesn't need to be in the limelight at the same time. And that's yep. kind of what you're, that's what you're pretty much what you're saying. You know, you can like mm-hmm. have little snippets and little droplets. You know, you can just sprinkle a little bit of salt on them here mm-hmm. and there. <laughs> you know, just to, just to get them throughout the book and everything. Uh, but yeah, not every character has to be in the limelight at the same time. And I get what you're saying. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, focus. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, even, a specific character. Because I know, like, even for me, like, um, uh, like a lot of people ask me about Cipher Team. They were like, "Why didn't the actual villain show up in issue one? It wasn't time for them to show up yet. Because <laughs> they showed up. Like it was that. like, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, who the hell are these people? <laughs> you right. know, like, are, is this who they're about to fight? Like, who are they? You know, and you're right. Like you, you, I alluded to them, just like you said, how you did with Curtis, you know, which I've noticed when I read your books, you allude to the intelligence that Curtis is actually a smart kid. He pays attention. He, you know, he's in his books. He's probably going to be one of the, you know, one of the tactical thinkers. And then you just drop it. Bam. This is how smart he is. And they're like, Oh, like, you know, just like, Oh wow. He is smart. You know, and, and that's kind of how I did with my villains. Like I sprinkled them in there in issue one and people kept asking, 
And then in issue two, I sprinkle them in there a little more. And then, bam, here's the villains. And everybody's going to ask this handed to them. <laughs> so that, so, that brings up a good question for me, Tier. You have a team book. Do you need a team of villains? Or are they fine facing mm-hmm. one mega character? That is a good question. Jerry? I actually, or yeah, Jerry. And then we'll go to Mike after Jerry. Yeah. I think Mike has. You know what? With that. So I think it goes both ways. You know, I guess it's kind of like depending on how you know, long your story goes. Like, for example, my um, issue zero, I have a team called the Twin Titans. And it's basically I like that. Uh, twins of each villain. So it's two it's two, two characters of each villain. So that leaves oh, wow. eight. Wow, eight wow. villains that That's four what... brothers have to go up against. And I did it that way because, you know, we, we've seen the whole... You know, one mega character pushes them to the limit for them to reach like their like new state of abilities or new powers or new level, etc. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go a different direction. So I was like, if I really want to push them, it'd be great if each brother has to fight two people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's pretty much what happens is that in issue zero that you'll see them going up against the Twin Titans and already in the beginning all the twin titans are, eight, are not fighting. It's just a handful of them, a couple of them that are involved in the fight and they're already giving it to the brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, so eventually they're going to have to find a way to get around them being outnumbered, you know, to push mm-hmm. themselves further to defeat the twin titans. Man. My man nice. Jerry over here about to have his characters go past Ultra Instinct. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, we do something different. So like, again, we don't do a superhero one. We do a horror one where there's like a monster of the week sort of thing. It's kind of like that old X-Files idea, Mm -hmm. you know, so each one you're going up against some sort of new monster or something. And, you know, when when we conceived our idea, it was like these kids aren't going to be really super powered. They're not superheroes. You know, if they run into monsters, they're going to run away. You know, that's what they do. It's like, you know, if I ran into a monster, I'm booking it. And I don't have to be the fastest. (laughs) I just can't be the slowest. Yeah, exactly. So as long as I can get away, that's, that's all it does. So if if you trip one of your friends, that's all. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're not friends anymore, but you're alive. (laughs) Uh, But you know, so like if, if my kids went up against like sevens, you know, super villains or seven super monsters it's like that's the end of the book there's no more because <laughs> i don't like uh, uh what are your big monsters like i like the way you wrapped it up in the end of your season like the first monster they met, faced uh, mm-hmm. in issue one and then he, they ran back into him in the in the um in the last issue of the first season because uh the one i don't want to i don't want to give anything away i don't want to say anything but yeah <laughs> oh, you gotta read these books you gotta read these books read it yet you have I them all from the kickstarter but i haven't read it so don't spoil it yeah i won't, I won't I'm let, me, let me spoil it all guys. for you you know it was all a dream they were actually on an island you know, it was, it was... perfect Drinking mimosas, <laughs> but uh, he does a great job of doing that though. Like he yeah. he just explained because they're they're not super powered, but they find ways to right. deal with just using their natural intellect, which is really cool ways, you know. Well, and that's like, the, the challenge of it. You know, it's like I don't know if you guys do this, and I'm kind of curious about how you do it. It's like in 16 pages or whatever, setting up this terrible 
thing that's happening and like really boxing your your characters into a corner and then you're like well fuck how do i get him out of here um and so you spend you know however long you know trying to get him out of there you know trying to think the way that they're gonna deal with it and you know sometimes it works and sometimes you're like well i i you know uh, here is Oops. a giant sword. You know, go ahead. We solved yeah. it. Let's go to the next right. issue. See, see, what I do is I take the early that's Dragon Ball Z route that. and just make them charge up their powers for like three issues until I figure it out. What's this series called? Um, Are you talking about uh, the boys? Yeah, the boys. Yeah, the boys. Yeah, just mm -hmm. give them a food allergy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I would yeah, not bring that because like I'm looking at Black Noir, I'm like, how the hell are they gonna beat this dude? And all of a sudden, like she shoves yeah. all the joy in his mouth and like, oh yeah, he he's like he's allergic to tree nuts. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that works. Yeah. As a person with allergies, I felt that. I was just like, yo, <laughs> yeah, like I feel his suffering. He's gonna die. Paul, <laughs> oh, you were gonna say something a second ago. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Paul. You gonna say? Are you gonna say something, Paul? That northwestern. I wasn't saying anything. Must have to look. Oh, 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 oh thought you were. <laughs> that is a dope, 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 dope question. Uh, that was a dope question, Britt. That, that makes sense. Like, because uh, I know, like, for me, like, I have um, well, Penumbra. She's a single villain. Um, um, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but I was. You just walked yourself into that corner and you didn't know how to paint Exactly, you know. So, but you know, things come. But I know at Cipher Team, you know, they have their um, they do have single villains, but they do have this this team, uh, the Angels of Anarchy, which is who they fight against. Which the crazy part is, a lot of the a couple of those characters were once heroes, which is one things that I one thing that I do in my universe. Like a lot of the villains you end up seeing were once heroes at some point. So it kind of takes that whole hero identity and flips it on his head and is like, okay, well, you know, how are they how are this villain gonna react? Well, the villain he since they were a hero, they know how heroes are gonna act. So right. now they're gonna use those things against you, you know, because they know what you'll do. Um and Temple High, <clears throat> it hasn't really been any villains popping up not they're not villains in the aspect of the big bad but there's villains is like other students <laughs> who are who are villainous and doing crazy stuff because that was one thing that i wanted to do with temple high is like i didn't want you know this high school to be oh yeah they're 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 in hero training right. you know because i already you had i already knew even though i came out with temple high before i knew anything about uh, my hero academia honestly before it even came out that was right in temple highway in 2008 but um, that was one of my big things. I was like, I want this school to be a place where it, when they grow up, they can make the choice. You could be a hero. You don't have to be a hero. Mm -hmm. um, you can go be go to Temple and work for Cypher Team. Or if you if your parents were villains and you're going to take over the family, the, the family business. Well, one of those students who just went through <laughs> power mm -hmm. training, which you might be your next supervillain, <laughs> you know, so and that's kind of how I want to do it. Make it where it was up in the air. So you have the villainous students and you have student, you know stuff like that, but not really team thing there as far as villains villains are concerned. Um, and Yama Stigmata is another one where it isn't a team of villains. Um, oh, I take that back. Uh, 
Yeah, because Lepus kind of has her little her squad, which you'll see. You see a lot of them in issue two, but you'll see way more of them in issue three. But she does have her squad, and they they are. Uh, I still gotta send those out, but yeah, those are they're, they're <laughs> you're gonna love you're gonna love Walking on thin ice, man. I know. <laughs> that's the hardest. Just say, got, just say you got an allergy and yeah. you can just you know yeah. take off. Yeah, and that's you know what? Here's a here's a question outside of team 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 writing. How hard is it not for you not to spoil anything whenever you explain? Oh my god! Right. That's just to for me to just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, 100. Oh, yeah. Every time I open my mouth, it's like, wait, wait, wait. Can I say that? Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me retract. Let me think about it real quick. Okay, and then I start talking again and stuff. Like, it, it's very difficult for me. Very difficult. But like, what's one of those things that you don't want to spoil? <laughs> no, I, see, I see what you did there, Brett. <laughs> you know what's funny is that working on, so I have issue zero out, and I'm currently working on issue one, which is almost completed. It's like the way I have the story set up is a bit confusing. So if you do end up getting issue zero, it kind of looks like I'm throwing the fans right into the middle of the story mm-hmm. you know because when we first created the elements we kind of decided that for example anyone that's watched naruto mm-hmm. i've gotten into naruto simply because i was changing the channel one day and i saw rock lee fighting gara in oh. the exams mm-hmm. that got me hooked that made me want to go back to the beginning and see what this was all about I see what that's you basically what book zero is supposed to do okay. so you're going to see a lot of action a lot of abilities and you're going to be like what the hell's going on and then when issue one comes out it's the beginning of how it all started and then from issue one it will eventually build back up to issue zero that's dope. Okay. That's you dope. know so that's how I kind of try to map it out and bring it together, you know, later on down the line. So it's hard for me to talk on these things. And because book zero is kind of the biggest spoiler you will ever have. Like it spoils a lot <laughs> that's going to happen down the line. So now once you get book zero, you're going to have to wait for the story to kind of reach up to that. And now it's going to be like, oh, snap, this is what book zero is. What happens next? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So it's very hard to just keep that under wraps. <laughs> right. right. I know. And still speaking yeah. on that fight of uh, 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 Rock Lee and Gara, that's still to me, that's still the hard, that's still the best fight. Yo, Naruto. when he took the weights yeah. off Period. and he disappeared, <laughs> I was, I was yeah. hooked. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that. And I think that's what it was. Even still, like as he grew up, mm-hmm. like they, they introduced his drunken boxing and stuff like that. And then introduced yep. the gates. And I'm like, this dude is OP, man. And then when you finally Yo, that's get to see it. what your Yo. trainer does, <laughs> he's my favorite know, character, son. <laughs> you know, and I'm like looking at um Bushy Brow, and I'm like, dang, and he mega OP. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought Haku was good. What's that, Haku? Yeah, yep. yeah I thought Haku was good. And then we got to the tuning exam, and Rock Lee just like, bro, I'm stunting them fellas. Like, I got the the Nike sandals and <laughs> some Nike weights, and he was just stunting on people. Let's. It was a whole nother ball game when people like yep. him walk into the scene. Yeah, because it was. I think. I think the coolest part because they were joking him. 
You know, they're like, ah, yeah. he's not gonna win this. Like he's he's trash. And the whole time they're talking trash about him, the weights are falling. And then, mm-hmm. when they hit, then when they hit, he's like, like "Those are just regular weights. Why is he making such a big deal about it?" And when they went through the ground, they were like, "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> <laughs> he had on the whole time, and he was still that fast. Like, yeah, this dude's about to, <laughs> about to wipe the floor. Like, if you ever get in a fight and someone takes ankle weights off and they put dents in the ground, just go the other way. Like, like that's Michael, it, run away. That's a monster. Run away. Run away. <laughs> you ain't got to be. I want to say real quick. Paul said he was only catching every fifth word and made it hard to converse. So he's out. He's he's actually in the chat at the moment. So Paul's still in the chat, I believe. So, um, okay. Paul, feel free to chime in if you if you have anything to chat about um to the questions, and we'll we'll pop it up. Um. We are also over the one hour mark. We are approaching one hour and 10 minutes, which means we are beginning to wind down our show time. Um, mm-hmm. Tier, I think you have a few questions left you want to get to, though. Um, I guess uh, one of the questions I want to figure out, too, because, you know, every team has this name. So how did you come up with your team names? That's a spoiler. <laughs> you know, you can't take my words. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my saying. That was my line. Like they like, like they say, anime. That's my line. <laughs> I know you can't say anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> that's my my motto. You know, honestly, yeah. out of the uh, the boys, the brothers, they don't really have a team name. Like literally, my first team name came with the Twin Titans. You know, it was always like, yep, the brothers. Yeah, the elements. Yeah, Pyro Shock, Hydro Sky. Like I never thought about giving them like a team name right okay and so so that's no that's cool right i don't know what about you mike because i i don't think i don't think they, don't they really have a name. anything do they yeah really the hard part for me is like when i'm talking about them you know like on podcast or you know on on kickstarter or whatever it's like what do i refer to them do i refer to them as kids or the teens or the students or the scooby gang it's like yeah. i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> you know and that, that's a cool. That's cool. You mentioned that they are. They're like a. They're a darker Scooby. Right. They're like. They're like. They're like Scooby Doo. If you know Scooby didn't come back and was gibbering, you know, madness the entire time. <laughs> oh, Scooby Doo's not a lot of my house. I'm sorry. You guys read that series of Scooby Doo? Sorry to hijack this for a moment, but Scooby Doo Apocalypse, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I looked that at the shit was dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was mega dark. Like, right. yeah. People died. Well, I'll just say well, that people yeah. died. Oh my god! Important people. Well, think about this. So, like Scooby Doo and the gang have been searching these mysteries and dealing with maybe ghosts, maybe not ghosts, mm-hmm. for like fifty years now. Yeah. Think about that. They've been spending fifty years stuck really? chasing ghosts in like this horror world, mm-hmm. and the best that they can do is they meet Adam West. You know, it's like <laughs> they <laughs> are dealing with some dark so. shit. <laughs> yeah, they I have it on DVD somewhere behind me, just so you know. <laughs> I'm surprised that that's I'm surprised 50 years of depression yeah. that yeah. I hear when it comes to Scooby Doo. Yeah. Right. 50 years that poor Shaggy is still skinny, you know, nothing but bones because Scooby constantly stealing his food, leaving him hanging, even though he shares with Scooby, it's not enough. That's what I hear. 50 years of depression. Let's be honest. Shaggy's been high for fifty years. Yeah, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah for real. But you know, it's like it's it's like really some like Saint Elsewhere stuff where really this all is going on, but it's actually just one like 
big bad dream that some kid is having. Like Shaggy's sure actually in a mental that. institute, and it's like <laughs> this is his, the visions that he's having. It's like, yeah, I, I talk to a dog, and we go and we combat ghosts, <laughs> and I get to hang out with the cool kids. It's like, oh yeah, this this is great, and you know, it's just going. <laughs> I, I think you, you and know I what? might be the only ones that get the Saint Elsewhere reference. So. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you're about to get picked up by DC. They're like, hmm, that is a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Really, it's been it's been Doctor Manhattan going <laughs> the whole time. Alan Moore, that's what he would have loved. That, yeah, yeah let's do that. that. Yep. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Oh. So, let me see. And I actually got a question. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, the way you guys are writing your stories, is there uh any place for any of your characters? To either die or turn evil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. In life, it happens, so it can. It's a possibility. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't spoil anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's making it tough on everybody. that's the thing, though. Like we were talking about, it, like how you say your your issue zero, right? Uh, mm -hmm. is pretty much a spoiler, you know, because it's way in the future and then you jump back. So, mm -hmm. like I was saying earlier, the the Sovereign Comics universe was built around these two twin sisters, uh, Mirage and Orchid, and that's the reason why I haven't released their books yet, because of, and I have 30 stories written for that, like 38 stories. If I were to release those, Stars, Cypher Team, all of them gone. Like, there'd be no point in reading them anymore, because you, you will know, like, because the the comics universe is going to get flipped on its head. Mm -hmm. like, it's Do you guys ever feel like Tear is the J.R.R. Tolkien of the indie comics world? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every time I watch his live, <laughs> like he's just going and going. Yeah. Like he got so much info, so That's much creativity up there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, whole another language. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been writing these things since 2007. That's why when some people are like, "Oh, did you just start?" No, no. Oh, I've, been yeah. talking, I've been talking to myself for nine years, <laughs> <laughs> like twelve years. Just remember, remember, remember characters. So, how many pages is everybody's comic books? Like, do you keep it at a certain number of pages? I'm just talking about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Me and Barnett just had a conversation about that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about the bad side of that conversation, but the good side, it was between 22 to 24 pages is of content is, yep. is mine, and that's not including the front cover and back cover and stuff like that. So it's like yep. 22 to 24. That's like my sweet spot. Yeah, mm. for, yeah. for me, it's uh, 24 to 34. <laughs> That's kind that's of a big balls. gap there. That's a huge gap. I don't know what's going to happen. Twenty-two to one hundred and six. You know, yeah, like it's he's doing what he wants. Yeah, like, yeah like, you know, issue three is a trade paperback. You know, exactly. it's, yeah. <laughs> I explain the great grandparents and how they planted corn and planted Exactly. With the almost stigmata. Seriously, I issue two. I was like, this will be twenty-four pages. Twenty pages no. later. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you guys do this, but like I write a first draft, and the first draft, I am not kidding you, is like 56 pages long. And it's mm -hmm. like, I have to get this back to 24. Are you kidding me? And so, like, all right, I don't need that whole thing. That's got to go. This has got to go. I can't have that. And it's like, 
you have to cut this thing to the bone, you know? And even then, so we shoot for 24 and oftentimes it'll be like a page or two over and I'll have to go to my artist and I'll be like, please, I need the extra pages. I can't cut anymore. <laughs> and he's like, ah. <laughs> I think that's like you know, that's like, funny. That's why mine's 34. I keep mine at 34. It, every book is one. 34. <laughs> you know, and it's funny that. because for me, when we first created the elements, it was all visualized as an anime. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we wanted to wanted it to be. So converting that anime image into a comic book, mm-hmm. it's very hard because it's yeah. like, yo, especially yeah. me. Martial arts background, whatever. So fight scenes are very important to me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm imagining a fight scene, it's like, damn, I'm gonna have to change this up and put it in a comic book form because you know it's very easy to just go punch, pow, bing, boom, you know, and stuff. But I kind of like to um, implement, oh, he blocked, dodged, and uppercut, you know, kind of mm-hmm. motions in there. So I feel like, and then of course you can't lack on a story. So I feel like 34 pages give me that room mm-hmm. to not lack on story and also give me that room to play with the action scenes. Right. Well, and I don't know if anybody else does this. It's like when you write your first draft, you write like so much dialogue because yes. you in your head, you're hearing, you're hearing the people go back and forth and back and forth. And by the yep. time you're getting to that final script, or you're like, I do the lettering on my book. So even there, I'm doing, you know, I'm cutting it down. If you actually like read a comic out loud, it's not that many words. It's, you know, they don't have the space to do it. So you really got to cut that language down yeah. to really get yep. to the essence of what you're trying to say. And, you know, for us, we keep a few jokes in there. And, you know, so it's like, you really got to get to the heart of what that joke is and get it out fast and then get to the yeah. next thing, yep. you know, and that's, that's the real challenge is not necessarily the writing. It's the rewriting and editing mm-hmm. that becomes a real challenge. Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. say more with less. And just like you, Mike, I, I letter my own comics too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that's the main thing I do. And there's been times where I'll have this monologue and then when I get the the panel, I'm like, oh, that panel <laughs> that's not gonna fit in there. So it's like I gotta chop it down, chop it down, chop it down. And it's like, yeah. So how can like, I style up this with five words? Cause that's all I can fit in there. <laughs> right. Your monologue was five hundred words, you're now going down to five words. Exactly, so it's like exactly. what is you really trying to say? Exactly. You know, yeah. so here comes the thesaurus in the dictionary, pulling out looking at, oh, I can use that word instead. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul responded to the question via Facebook and says um, about team names, Fox Force came from a callback to the powder revolution. Our characters nice. helped destroy the governmental powers, but now they're the ones being looked to for direction, kind of forced into yeah. servitude when they were really just trying to overthrow the existing powers. That's interesting. I like that. that That's an awesome concept. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is because it's like, like you're, you're fighting the government now that when you now the government's gone. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. And it sort of goes back to what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. And it sort of goes back to what you're talking about, Tur, where it's like you can have heroes and then the heroes become the villains. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you have good characters, you should, they shouldn't just be black and white of good or bad or whatever. It's like, let's see him go a little bit evil or let's see him go, you know, be tempted by the dark side or whatever. It's like, you know, that's, that's cool. I like seeing that. And so, like he's saying, you know, it's like if you take out the big bad and they're, you know, like in power or something, 
people are going to be looking to you to see what you want to do next. And it's real easy to fall over the edge. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's like, um, dang, what was I about to say? Uh, uh, brain farted. Somebody else can go to come back. You know, Hitler didn't think he was a villain the whole time. So mm-hmm. I, I see what you mean. And I don't, I don't think that man, Magneto thinks he's a villain at all. Yeah. So again, nope. people like that, they have something that they want to do with the world that they think personally that's good. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that a Batman saying, uh, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Right. Mm-hmm. That one of the movies. Yep. yep. When I always like, you know, a really good story almost always has a really good villain, you know, and it's not just like, you know, they're ultra super powerful. It's like if you think of the Avengers movies, it's like Thanos had a, like a really cool story arc. You know, he really thought he was trying to save the world. And, you know, he really loved the people that he was trying to, to take out, you know, to save the universe. It's like that's interesting. You know, he's not just a, a big bad guy and you don't care. So it's like, you know, if you have a good villain, your story is going to be 10 times better. Oh yeah, like trying to impress. It's not a villain that you can just yeah. That's it. It, He actually has a lot of purpose, a lot of truth to what he's saying. You know, like we are overpopulated. A lot of people are starving because of that overpopulation, hence why they're trying to do clone meats and etc. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you listen to him, you're like, I I can't really be mad at him. Like, (laughs) legit, like. Same thing with uh, same thing with Killmonger and Black Panther. Like he had a yeah. Killmonger had a very deep story. Like that was understandable yeah. too. A lot of people were like, "Oh, I didn't get it. I I got it. I understood it." Right. Um, yeah. right. He had a very. He well, was one I, of those ones too, where he saw himself as kind of bad, but he saw himself as a as doing something good, something that needed to be necessary done. Right. So necessary evil, yeah, exactly. That's why he more of saw himself as. So, but those type of villains do make the, do make the stories good, um, right? Yep. I can't, you know. yeah, I yeah, can't wait the, to push out to the big bad of Cypher Team. Hmm. He's not, he's yeah, like, he's not there yet. I mean, the, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I mean, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I'm gonna go after yeah. you. No, no, you go, you go, you go. Um, I don't want to do too much spoilers, but everybody knows that Delta Dogs is. The villains are gangsters and, you know, it, it surrounds about that. But at the same time, though, um, they're not gangsters just to be gangsters. At the end of the story, you, I mean, it's not too much of a spoiler. I kind of say it, but you kind of see that they're, they're gangsters for a reason. You know, they, they're trying to, gangs basically got created to be, you know, have a safe haven, to have somebody to protect right. you, have somebody that, you know, you can be a family with and stuff like that. Right. So mm-hmm. they're not gangsters just to be gangsters. You know, it, they have reasons to be that. And it's like, man, if I was in that situation, I might want to join a gang too. Yeah, right. So um, it's, it's stuff like that that people will appreciate yeah. in the book. You know, it's not just madness. Yeah, that's one of the things I think you really did well in uh, Delta Dogs. And I think that's one of the main reasons why, you know, I liked it and now I'm on the team, but one of the things that I think I think you did I think you did really well in that, and I really enjoyed that part about it because it's like they just weren't, you know, it shows that other side because a lot of people think that a lot of the individuals who are gangbanging are they just want to see the world burn, but a lot of them are really just trying to put food on their table, 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. The only way they so know they're how. seeking that connection, they're seeking that family, that brotherhood that they're not getting. Exactly. And that gang provides yeah. that for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's the question, <laughs> Ross. Um, I shouldn't say this, but man, I'm gonna say it. Oh, okay, I'm grown. I'm gonna say it. <laughs> it's my chest out. Okay. <laughs> you gotta find in Delta Dogs, you gotta find out who's the true villain. Yeah. If it's not the gangs, if it's not the people that's trying to stop the gangs. Who who's really is the supervillain, and that's one of the biggest questions in the series. So, I just I'm just saying it. All right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> he kind of he kind. This book is already out, but it, it kind of alludes to it. I think was it issue four, where it alludes to it. I ain't saying nothing. Yeah, season one of Miskatonic High is is done. Season one of Delta Dogs is done. So if you're listening, go f- yeah. pick up. Those seasons, <laughs> go pick them up. Pick them up. Oh, gentlemen, we are almost at an hour and a half, which means we are about out of time. Any closing words? Why don't we um go around and just give a real quick plug for each of our books? Tyrion um, suggested you go buy season one of Delta Dogs and season one of Miskatonic High. Um, I already own both of those, so I'm one <laughs> <Me step ahead. laughs> Jerry, why don't we start with you? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you can find my issue the elements issue zero you can find it on um my instagram and link is always in my bio i'm always tagging my uh my images to it so it's easy to follow you can also get at www.e4.company.site you can also get it there i'm also on facebook you can follow e4 comics on facebook as well so hopefully issue one will be out late this year, early next year. I wanted to drop a Kickstarter, you know, to release it to help fund the next few issues coming out after it, you know. But we'll wait and see how that goes. Check out our last uh, podcast. Yeah, lots Get some of good information work. in there. I was there. I was yeah, definitely he was in there. The comments. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I you definitely there. Okay, okay. Yep. Okay. Vanel, why don't you go next? So clockwise. Ooh, there you go, man. That's how you do it. You can order your physical copy books off of millennialcomic.com. And we have issues one through 11 there that's actually currently out. And you can also pre order issue 12. Um, We're pushing to come out with a comic book a month. So definitely keep up to date with us on Facebook and uh, on Instagram. Just type in Millennial Comics. And it'll pop right up. You know, you'll see Delta Dogs and stuff like that. Um, I'm jealous. A month? Oh, uh, yeah. insane. I Man, wish. You know how yeah. impatient I am? <laughs> <laughs> you wait for Marvel to come out. You get it a month. Oh, I'm jealous. I got to hook up with your team. Hey, he got a dope team. I'm, I'm one of those team members. Yeah, man. <laughs> <That's kind laughs> of, can I say what I do? Can yeah, I, I got to help a brother out. <laughs> is, it right, is it all right, Vonnell? Can I say what I do for the team? Go ahead. Go ahead, man. You're the superstar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much I'm his editor and his letterer. So if you need a professional letterer, D4, let me know. Or editor. Mike, you I think you, you Mike is Mike Mike's covered. Mike's dope. Like his me and him are the same with lettering. Like that dude's dope yeah. with lettering. So. <laughs> but it's yeah, fun. I'm, it's fun. It's a fun yeah, thing to letter. It, it really is. I love it. I enjoy yeah. it. It um come up with a lot of different creative ways too, especially with clip. I don't know if you letter in clip studio um or if you use Illustrator, but I use clip I studio. use Illustrator, yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. but you like clip you, uh, you like the clip art pro? 
Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's nice. really good. And you can get it on your iPad, so you can let her on the go if you need to. Oh, are you kidding? I, too, now. I'm, I'm in COVID-19. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go to your couch, you can take it. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Mike, tell us about your book and your many crossovers. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, we're Miskatonic High, we come out about every two months. We do a Kickstarter. Um, we're getting ready to kickstart issue number nine in, on Tuesday. Um, we just finished our crossover. We crossed over with another Lovecraft comic called Lovecraft PI. We put out the first issue. I'm currently fulfilling that. Um, and uh, we're going to be putting out issue two of the crossover, the second half of it, um, come January. Very cool. Very cool. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, just as a reminder, there is no show next week um, because Thanksgiving. Tier and I will be helping yeah. cook in the kitchen, or at least I will be. Um, <laughs> but the, again, the December lineup is... <laughs> but I know we have moves like that, huh? <laughs> we went through a lot of trouble to get that for y'all. Very well worth it. <laughs> Thank you. I had to find that elf suit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can listen to our whole show after the fact as a podcast on all major podcasting networks. This one will be a little bit weird. Sorry, podcast listeners, because we had lots of uh, dropping in and out. But again, every time I go, Oh, that's somebody dropping out of the feed. That's the time. <laughs> turn, into a, turn into a drinking game. And yeah, yeah, turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> uh, don't forget, Tears, the founder and principal creator behind Sovereign Comics. He would appreciate a follow at Sovereign Comics. He oh, would yeah. appreciate even more if you went and bought some of his books. I really would. I bought two already. Oh, rope that. Yep, and they're on their way. I got everything. <laughs> and as one final reminder, if you want to support the Indie Comics Dispatch and all we do here, you can go to Coffee. It's pronounced Coffee. I know it looks like Co5. <laughs> it's pronounced Coffee. Uh, ko fi.com slash Indie Comics Dispatch. Sign up. You can give a one time gift. You can give uh, monthly. We don't expect much, much. If you can just give a dollar or two, that goes actually goes a really long way for what we do here. Um, lets us keep um, interviewing people, lets us keep doing Indie Comic Throwdown and hosting the website. It's basically all it goes to right now. So, um, again, I'll send you stickers if you pledge to be a monthly donor. Yep. And if you Gentlemen. like, like I said earlier, if you're one of those that goes past the month, like, you know, three to five months, mm -hmm. I'll probably see, I'll send you something from the Silvers. Nice. which is some top quality comics yep so gentlemen thank you again for being here tonight taking the time out of your wednesday evening to come and talk comic books with us we really really appreciate it jerry i can't not believe you did not blink this whole goddamn <laughs> time <laughs> he's like amazing a man he's amazing you won that staring contest like am i really frozen <laughs> I thought like you had said it as a picture for a minute. So I I was know, like, oh, he's just really just right there. He just yeah, just oh my god, oh, man, that's crazy. We missed, it's like he's uh, talking, his lips not even moving. I know <laughs> he's been practicing wow. that ventriloquism for many years now. That was his first passion. <laughs> um, <laughs> We miss saying good, oh, good night man. to Paul I tonight. 
<laughs> yeah, go back and watch it. It's yeah. pretty funny. Um, LaShawn <laughs> Colvin was supposed to join us. She got caught up at her comic yeah. book store because she's yeah. the rare breed that makes comics and owns and a comic book comics. store. Uh, good for her. Good for her. Yes. So, oh, yeah. And y'all check her out wow. too. Um, 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 Beautiful Soldiers. Yeah, her comic is Beautiful Soldiers, mm-hmm. which she has a Kickstarter coming out, I think, the end of this month or December. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, Very yeah. Also, her comic shop, she's actually looking for indie creators to get their books in her store. So you mm-hmm. can find uh, Comics and Geeks, you know, or if you find her on Facebook, yeah, um, talk yeah, to her and get your comic in a store. So she's doing amazing, man. Uh, oh my yeah. gosh, I cannot. Have we had somebody like that in Virginia? Like, <laughs> we that we like somebody in Virginia. You need man. to be that somebody, Vonell. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't as stunning as, as she is. So I'll say we need more comic stores that give that sell um indie comics. Oh yeah, need to get man, stuff, you know, and, and everything. That's like a dream store for us. Yeah. Hey, let, let me go ahead and do yeah. one more plug here since we're talking about stores that sell indie comics. Encasedcomics.com. They are on Instagram as Encased Comics. They stock indie comics in their online store. Uh, they will um, support indie comics at a retail tier on Kickstarter. They are fantastic. Um, check them out and buy their books so that they can keep supporting indie comic creators and keep carrying indie comics on their store. So yeah, They have something really cool. Less. They have something really cool coming. Um, I'm not gonna say anything. I'll let him explain that. Everybody get him on. Oh, show. I know what that you know is. What I'm talking about yeah. yeah. So yeah, if you're also try to get within Case Comics too to get your stories there. I know he's a uh, back one of my my back stars, so I'll be sending him those. Yeah. Uh, with some other books so he can get them in his online store. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, thank you once again. I appreciate you being here. Guys, again, no show next week. We'll catch you in December. First Wednesday of every month is ICD Team Night or Team ICD Night, however I decided to type it in each month. Um, <laughs> and it'll be the team on Talking Comics and our favorite and maybe some of our not-so-favorites from the month before. Mm-hmm. Everybody, thank you once again. Everybody out there in, uh, in Indie Comics Universe land, we'll talk to you later. Take it easy, please. Later.